Hello, hello. This is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. All right, this is Tracy Harrell. Again, we are continuing this amazing, amazing conversation. And I am here with Iona Mead and Barry Borton as well as Miss Sarah Cross. And for those who may not have joined us, I'm gonna have each of you introduce yourselves again, tell us who you are and where you are. And we're gonna start with, what is your idea of a mission, a vision of living, loving the journey while living the dream? Like, what does that mean to you? And what advice would you share with someone on? So here's your name, here's where you are, and this is what it means to me to do those things. So we'll start with Iona and then Barry and then Sarah. Okay. So my name's Iona Mead. I live in the UK. And what does it mean to live my dreams and have a vision? So for me, I'm really connected to where I want to go, where I want to travel in life, meaning that I've had a lot of losses in my life. And it really gives you that perspective on, okay, how do I make my life experience significant? How do I impact others? How do I have the best life for myself? So I looked at my life in terms of when it's my time up on this earthly plane, what do I want? What are the experiences? Um, and what's the value that I wanted to share? So for me, I wrote down a mission statement. I wrote down a vision statement and I wanted to really connect with that. And then I started to break it down and take it step by step. I reverse engineered that process because sometimes it can be re- a big, a vision can be so big, it can be overwhelming. So I broke it down and that's what I do. That's what I do for a living. So I help other, other people do to get clarity on their vision. So being really super clear, writing it down, holding yourself accountable. I love that. Being clear of what your vision is and basically deciding what do you want to do? Basically, what legacy do you want to live? Leave. Yes. I love it. I love it, Barry. Say that again. Live it as well. We launch, lead and leave our soul legacy, I say. So you, if you're going to leave a legacy, you've got to live that legacy. So what Mm. you're living now is your legacy. Mm, I love it. And, And say the name of your organization again. It's the soul. It's called the Soul Legacy Academy. So the Soul Legacy Academy. I love that. I love that. And and this is your handsome. What do you call him? Your soul partner? Yes. Is that the word that you use? Yes. Yeah. Barry, would you introduce yourself? Tell us where you are and tell us what what does that mean to you? We're talking today about loving the journey of life and living the dream. What does that mean to you? How do you how do you take hold of those principles, excelling despite any obstacles? Oh, yes, so uh, my name's Barry Borton. Um, yeah, I, I, I think li- living your life to the best you can, like have, having goals, um, for me, it's, it's just being as happy as you can be and, and 
spreading that happiness to, to, throughout the world. Because um, I think, you know, the, the, when you have kids, the main thing you want when you have kids is you want them to be happy in life. No matter what it is, you want them to be happy and, happy and healthy. Um, so, so yeah, that, the bottom line is, is, to, is, to, is to spread happiness and, and make people happy and, and laugh and enjoy life and not take it too seriously um, uh, and follow your beliefs and, and be brave. Um, uh, it's, and it's life, it's, it's a choice. Everything, everything is a choice. It's really, really simple. This is what I've come to learn over the last three years of being with my owner. Um, is you just have a choice you know you either you either do or you don't do it you either let fear control you or you or you, or you have make a choice and you just decide to go and and when you think about when you really think about what matters and like you know like now talking talking and right. I was dead scared of um, you know being talking to people and all that um, but really, when you think about it, what is there to be scared about? And, and you know, I, I love, um, I listen to Will Smith a lot and I love what the things that he says and about fear and about jumping out of an aeroplane and, and, and everything up to, up to leading to that point of jumping out, he was in fear. But then once he leapt out, he jumped out of the aeroplane, it, it was like, well, it, it just went and there's nothing actually to be fearful of. Um, so yeah, it's about, it's, it's just about being brave and, and going for it. Nice. I love it. I, being brave and going for it. I mean, that I, I think you could not have said that any better. I also like that you said it's a choice. You either do or you don't. I mean, it's, it's really not a complex <laughs> situation. Yeah, it's, it's really not complex. I think the reason, the reason I, I, again, I wrote this first book, The Loving the Journey, Living the Dream. I wrote it like about three or four years ago. And, and then I started this bigger than me uh, initiative, this mission. And it's like, you know, what I keep finding after a thousand interviews is we all basically have the same story. It's really not that complex, yeah, right? Not. It really isn't. These are choices we make. It's about being intentional and you either do it or you don't. I mean, you just broke it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Simple. It's pretty simple. I love it. Did you hear that? Either do it or don't. These are choices. But I do think, obviously, life is more complex. But I love the fact that that is very clear as far as the, the, the what. What do you need to do? Make a choice. Decide what you want to do. Choose happiness. Choose those things that, that are going to make you happy and that are going to make others happy. I love it. I love it. I, I right, think with, with, sorry, I think with life, when you say it's complex, I've been through a lot of situations in my life, which I shared in the last segment. And I, I'm actually going to have you, I'm going to have you do a whole repeat of what you've experienced yeah. because, because, and, because I think that's important uh, for people to, to, to feel and hear. Yeah. To make it, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be complex. It is a choice, no matter what you're faced with. You hear no that? It doesn't. And when you hear her story, if you were, if you didn't join us for the first hour, when you hear Iona's story, you're gonna be like, "Oh, okay. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> this is really, you know, good to know that we really do have a choice. Loving the journey and living the dreams, it, it, living out your dreams, it really is a choice. So, Sarah, I'm gonna have you do an introduction as well. And again, you and I wrote in a book, and I'll let you talk a little bit about that. But who are you, and, and how do you summarize this concept of this idea? of loving the journey and living 
the dream, excelling in life, no matter what obstacles you're faced with. Yes. Hi. It is lovely to be here, Tracy. And so my name is Sarah Cross. We co-authored a book called Ignite Happiness, um, a collection of amazing stories where everyone was on their own journey, is on their own journey to find out what happiness really means. And I think particularly for me in the last few years, that has meant a lot of personal growth, a lot of the journey to find out how I can be the best me, which was particularly since having children and thinking, you know, what kind of person do I want my children to grow up to be? And that they need to learn through seeing me as that example. You know, like nobody wants to listen to the lectures. Uh, and I absolutely adored before when um, we got to see um, Mia and Iona, like, because to me, that was just so beautiful. Like what her word said, how her, she was inspired by her mother, by her actions, who she was as a person, you know, and, and that to me was just what I would love my daughter to say one day, you know, that is just like, wow, for me. Um, so that whole journey of learning how we can, I think, inspire others through our actions um, of what we do and what we say and living our dream and figuring out what your dream is for you as an individual. My husband and I, um, he quit his job last year and we went traveling. And for a lot of people, that was a huge thing. You know, like, how can you do that? You know, you've got a mortgage or you've, your kids are in school or all these, like, how, how's that possible? You know, people wait till they're retired. But for us and for me in particular, it's always like, you know, you don't know that you've got your health when you retire. We don't know what's around the corner. And, you know, so for us, that was a big, and, and also I think propelled because of family illnesses that we thought were gonna be severe. And then you realized we hadn't spent enough time with people that mattered, you know, and that kind of, sometimes you need that tipping point to make you realize, you know, as Barry was saying, make that choice of what is your dream that will help you on that, propel you on that journey to fulfill what is truly important to you. Oh, I love that, I love that. Sarah, I'm gonna give you a chance to uh, tell that story real quick, the one that you wrote about it in your book and how it changed you. Because what I, what I find is very interesting is you all, I'm gonna, gonna go kind of backwards this time. But what I, what, I, what I heard you all say is, you all have children and, and, and the children in your life shaped how you wanted to live your life. Like having children was like, okay, now I gotta really take this thing seriously. Like now I have to, I really have to, you know, behave in such a way that I want them to model. Like, what do I want for them so that I must live that? You, you knew that that required you to live a different, to basically elevate your game. <laughs> Would you agree with that? Like life is, like it's no longer, you know, practice. This is the real deal. You're now shaping the lives of, of other human beings. And, and, I, and I love that. I love that so much. So what I want, what, want to talk about real quick is Sarah, your journey, and you have a really interesting journey. Um, talk about that boat ride real quick. Give us a kind of quick summary version of that boat ride that you took. And then how did that shape you? And why was it important for you to do that? And, and what did you learn as a result? Yes, yeah, so a couple of years ago, we had this opportunity to take a small 10 meter boat that had no covers, no galley, no sleeping arrangements, no kitchen, no toilet, 
from London across the channel and through the canals of France um, towards Paris. And when we were first given this idea, I said, this is just ridiculous. I mean, we can't do this. We've got a four and a five year old child. What if it rains? What if they fall overboard? You know, they're all kind of motherly things that you'd normally come across. And my husband was just like, he's very laid back. He was just like, we'll be okay. You know, he's like, I'll be okay. If you think the sea's too rough, you'll just, you know, get on the big ferry, join us. Like he had an answer for everything. He was like, but this is an opportunity of a lifetime. And I knew it was. So of course we said, yes, and, um, we did it. And, but I think once we'd made that decision and you go into overdrive and, and the thing that really so many, we had so little in that journey. You know, we weren't surrounded by all the clutter of the house and all the lots of toys. And I watched my little girls every day and they were so happy. They were playing with ropes and making up games and they just didn't have any of the worries that I had. You know, they were super happy. And there was this beautiful time as well because we were all together as a family and often my husband was away working hard. So we had that connection and that relationship of being there but me watching my children and also me having to overcome a lot of fears on this journey you know of them and and also me I'd been a stay-at-home mum for a long time and you know just got into the mundane of things but I learned so much watching my children I was like this is what happiness is this is the simplicity of it and as adults we do have a lot more stresses and concerns, but just watching them, laughing in the moment, being present, it taught me that we do surround ourselves with so much clutter mentally, physically, and them being happy, they weren't scared, you know, of obviously we were organizing where they were going to eat and, and everything, but everything did just sort itself out. We always found somewhere to stay. We always found enough food. We did figure it out. And I've actually just read uh, Marie Forleo's book, Everything is Figure Outable. And it's a great lesson in life that we can often tell ourselves these negative stories, oh, that's not going to work. This is going to happen. And it's only when we try that we actually figure and, and through those experiences, we grow stronger, learning what we're truly capable of. And also this journey taught me so much more how to live in the present moment more, how to laugh more, how to see, literally like looking at my children, the example of what happiness looks like. I love that. What I, what I love about that is it's just, so perfect that you conquered your fears. You were just talking about fears, Barry. And, and, and at the end of the day, what did you say earlier? It's a choice. You either do it or you don't, <laughs> right? It's really, it's no more complex than that. And you could have regretted not doing it. You didn't regret doing it. And, and most times, I mean, we, you know, with these, 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 these truths that we know exist, these age old truths, all these I've read like a thousand books and I read never really fiction, always nonfiction, you know, why, the what, you know, all the, the, the classics. And, and there's so much consistency in what is said by the greats 
because it's there's truth when the truth is the truth right like the truth kind of rises to the top and what you guys are saying today it really is so beautiful and, and the reason i call this show bigger than me because it's so much bigger than me it's really about each of your stories and the experiences that you've had and, and you being able to share that you, you're definitely going to connect with someone someone's going to watch this video as the books come out and we have the videos that are available i mean it's all on youtube immediately you know but at the end of the day it's really about not having any regrets in life and Iona, when you and I were talking, I mean, I love everything that Sarah just said. There was such consistency. I saw your head nodding and I yes. saw Barry, I saw your head nodding. I call that the amen corner. Like when, when the heads are nodding like that, that's a Southern amen corner. You're like, yep, mm-hmm. And then mm -hmm. as you were speaking, I saw Sarah doing the same thing. And it's like, at the end of the day, we're all just kind of like, yep, that's it. And you, you guys are at the opposite ends of the world. We're all, you're in the UK, you're in New Zealand, I'm here in Seattle, you know, and we, we you know, but we all have landed different journeys in life, but we've all landed on the same truth, the same journey, the how to love the journey of life and live out your dreams, excelling despite obstacles. And so, so Ayon, I want you to give us, for those who may not have watched the first uh, show that we did together, can you go ahead and share, if you don't mind, just a summary of your, the, the, the challenges that you've had to overcome and how that has actually motivated you to do exactly what both Barry and Sarah just shared about, you know, um, uh, figuring out like what are your priorities and 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 living your best life, setting the right example for your children and for your grandchildren. Can you tell us about your experience and and how that's changed you? Yeah, for the better. Yeah, thank thank you, and and thank you, Sarah, for you know that compliment with me and Mia. It, it really does mean the world to me because we have been through that journey and it's it's brought us closer and so we were a team as a family and I, I love the stories that you've just shared and being really present so thank you so um Tracy are you talking about when I came to like my midlife like yes yes I mean there, there's just so much there honestly there's so much there. it's almost like there's not one thing that you didn't experience I mean you you even told me more today than you did last night you mentioned the bankruptcy and the child yeah. I mean that, that, that's a lot it is a lot so um and I love what Sarah says is when you have those dreams it's like oh you know now I've got these obstacles or now my mind's trying to take me out so this really this kind of summarizes how my mind works and my approach to life now. So I, like, you know, some of your audience, I, I was coming up for 40, I'm now 47. So um, I was like, okay, what do I do with my life? So my mum's mum lived till she was 101. So it was coming up for our 100th birthday. She was out in the Caribbean. So we flew out as a family to go and share that celebration. It's like, wow. And, you know, she was dancing on the dance floor, I say, you know, with a little bit of rum. It really inspired me because if you know anybody in the Caribbean, they're, they're getting down and they're dancing and she's being really happy. And, and um, it made me think like, what if I live to 100? I'm like now approaching what is said to be midlife is 40. So I had a spring in my step. I was like, well, I might have to 100. Now, what do I do if I live to 100? how would I like to live my life? What have I done so far? This is supposed to be my midlife. Where am I going to go? What are my dreams? What would I like to be saying? Because she was, my grandmother was actually on television. And now we'll talk about the television story. She was on television telling her story, right? Coherent. So um, Transpire, that was in June. And in the September, I became a grandmother myself. 
So it really got quite real. Um, and my granddaughter was born and now I'm a grandmother. So I'm thinking like, what if I have my life over again? What would I do? What would I do differently? What do I want to show her? Now I'm about legacy. So 10 days after my granddaughter was born, another perspective, my dad passed. And it's really suddenly, um, he went into the hospital like 5 p.m. and we got a call to say, he, they said they was gonna come out. So 1.30 in the morning, I get this call saying, you need to get up here. I was like, what? Went up there, family gathers round. And um, my nephew said, we're all here now, granddad, you, you can go now. And my granddad, my dad left. And I was like, I, at that moment, I realized that we are a soul having a human experience. And it touched me and I, you, it, it touches you in a way that you can't describe, but you just know that life will never look and feel the same. Again, there was a presence that left. And so it gave me a different perspective. So I was talking about me living my life and I have my two children and what kind of dreams, how I wanted to do my business and get out there. And so I was doing a, what I called my 49 Soul Speaker Summit. Uh, it's about a year and a half later. And, um, you know, my granddaughter was born, it's about when she was one and a half. So I was doing my speaker summit and doing what I call joint vision partnerships, really putting my message out there, you know, really making an impact that I wanted to make. And I got a phone call mid that speaking uh, summit to say that my son had um, an accident. His girlfriend rang me. I was actually on the phone in service at that time. And she said, he's had an accident, he's been knocked off his motorbike. So like, I zoned out to be fair. And she rang me back and she said, I know he didn't make it. He passed away on the roadside 12 days before his 20th birthday. And um, it, it, the pain, the processing, the understanding, I rang my mom because that's the first person that you want to ring, right? And she couldn't understand me. So she cut his cord. She saw him being birthed. It's a real massive impact in our family. And that, when he had his service, his, his funeral, and everybody gathered around, my friends, my family, his friends, his he made a massive impact in this world with his friends, people like you were like my brother. I remember people writing notes. I realized the impact that he had made. And that for me was like my day, you know? It made me see life differently. So I took seven weeks out of my business and I came back bigger, badder, stronger, dedicating my work to my son. That, when you have those dreams, even when you have obstacles, my son would have been in the business. So we didn't use that as an excuse to go down. And I was showing my daughter and his daughter, she was one, she's now seven how to live life intentionally and how to go after your dreams no matter what. So when we say you do or you don't, it's crumble or you rise and that's what we're at. That's where we're at. And Barry's been an amazing support along the journey and it's five years for me. And every day people say, you're really strong. And I'm going, nah, I'm cold. I'm cold. 
And, and I love that. I love when you say you're called because I feel like I was called to do this show bigger than me. And, and it came out of trials that I experienced. And it was like, wow, this is so much bigger than me. Like I have to. I have to do this work. I never worry about it. I never concern. I mean, here I am talking to people from around the world, literally. Um, and, and, and I produce the show as well as host the show. And I, you know, and I bring the content together. So I was like, uh, I need to have y'all on the show this Sunday. So we kind of move some things around because this was a conversation that's going to help someone who's watching us, who's going to watch this and, and, and really take a new look at their life. Because you only get one, yes. you know, yeah. there's, there's, there's one journey here. There's, there's not there's not practice it is a, it is the it, it is the, the yes what were you gonna say Trey, i wanted to say that you know for anyone that's watching when you think oh you know my dreams and my obstacles i don't take it lightly um but we met in um a boot camp called beyond tv so my grandmother was on tv right yeah and i had no I, I didn't know that that was going to be part of the mission. So I really wanted to go bigger and play full out. So we were in this challenge on um, called Be Seen on TV. That's part of my mission. I wanted to get out there, be on the YouTube. And we. I watched your video, which you wouldn't have known. And you watched my video. So the, the way of showing up and going after your dreams and investing in your dreams, because we put down money and invested in our dream. Trace and I only connected. I saw your message less than 24 hours ago. So when you have Literally. a dream and Literally. you get a call, 2 a.m. is now 10 p.m. for me in the UK. When you get that call and you've got a dream, you know when people are aligned to support your dream. We wanted to be here. This is part of our journey. And thank, thank you for giving us this opportunity. So our dreams and our vision then became aligned. And when you have that dream and you're able to share it, it makes it even more powerful. So let's talk really quick about um, th that alignment, because again, that's why Sarah's on the show as well, because we wrote a book together, but you just mentioned be on TV. So Chris yeah. Whitfield and Jen Gottlieb, mm -hmm. we both had this shared experience with really what I would consider um, motivators extraordinaire. Like, I feel like I'm a pretty motivated person. You're on a soul mission. I'm on a divine, you know, I'm in the divine, on a divine purpose, right? We're all like, so, but they like took us up. Did you feel even more excited? Like, yes, this message, not only am I doing what I should be doing, but I am doing what I should be doing. And now it needs to get out to the entire world. I would never be doing a Facebook Live right now. I never would. I don't know who's going to watch it. I have no idea. But all I know is I've been doing YouTube for a while, but I've honestly been doing it safe. <laughs> Yes. I've been doing a live YouTube show, but I haven't really been advertising it. Like I'm collecting all these great videos for the book. And so the safe thing for me to do is to not do a Facebook live. The safe thing is, I mean, I know there's, you know, there's a YouTube live, but I've not advertised it because it, it, it wasn't, I wasn't ready the, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. Right. I, I didn't, and I don't consider myself a shrinking yeah. wallflower. Clearly I know that I'm on a mission, but there was something um, there was some something yeah. blocking me from going live, from being all in, from being. And, and what they did with this Be on TV boot camp, it wasn't just about being on TV. It was a reassessment of your values. It was a re. It was almost like like what you said when your father died. Your grandmother was a hundred. You had a grandchild. You lost your son. All those things made you reevaluate to decide. Wait, this is. I get one chance at this thing not practice this is the real deal and I need to I need to level up 
I need to show up and show out every time. And that's actually what I'm doing right now. So for my Facebook Live people, hello, right? For my for my YouTube Live audience, thank you. For those who are going to be watching this afterwards, thank you. But to Jen Gottlieb and to Chris Whitfield, did I get that right? Yeah. I think yeah. I did. They're amazing. I feel like we're family. And are you going on into BSA, their new B-Scene Accelerator? Not this time around, because I'm doing something like you are with the YouTube and the book series. Oh, okay. Like Perfect. And podcasts. But, but, and I never... Let's talk, let's talk about B-Scene on TV, though. Like, what would you what would you tell someone who might be thinking about B-Scene on TV? It was like $55 investment. I don't know yeah. what it was there. Yeah. And, and it, same it was, thing. Yeah, it was the same. So, for me... I want to, I have my mission and I have that voice and I speak and I, I do interviews and I, but the TV piece, I'm like, mm, I'm not sure about that bit. <laughs> they modeled, when I saw it came across, it was a Facebook ad, they had their dream and they were living out theirs and they knew who they wanted to attract into that. People that were playing full out, everybody right. showed up in there. Like it was just amazing whether you just didn't have an excuse, but to tell your story, tell your vision and just get on with it. So when you reached out to me, <laughs> get I'm on like, with it. well, so they modeled it. Their energy was so high. That is somebody, they are a couple, they're a couple that were going after their dream. And they said they had, um, not obstacles, but I, I suppose they would have with the challenge, but it got better and better and the boot camp, and they just did it right. and it was a fourth kind of generation the 4.0 version of it right. and it was just so even if you don't get it perfect the first time you still keep going on that because look out of theirs this is being birthed I love it uh, you know three things three things you just said they, which is what they said to me because I'm like I don't know Facebook I, I I don't know Facebook I don't do it well all you gotta do is press the button it's I'm live now it may not yeah. be perfect that was the thing that they said it may not be perfect who cares Mm -hmm. What did you say, Barry? It's a choice. You either do or you don't. <laughs> Get to it. <laughs> Activate immediately. So that's what I'm doing every time I do YouTube Live because I'm, I'm safe. I got I have Nathan in the, in the studio there, so he kind of coddles me to make sure nothing kind of blows up on YouTube Live. So he's there. He's my safety net, you know. But at the end of the day, it's like uh, just go Facebook Live, just do the thing, just you know lead the life. And so the one big initiative that I'm leading, we're going to talk about racial equity and inclusion, right? So that's a that, that's a conversation. That's where I have my areas of expertise. I worked 25 years in corporate America, eight years at IBM, 14 years at Disney, and five years at Microsoft. And right now in the US, and you, you're in the UK and you're in New Zealand, so it's a little bit different, but I like the fact that inclusion is inclusion no matter where you are. And so the book that we're writing, it's called Ignite Inclusion. It's gonna be a compilation book as well. We have all these amazing faces and voices that are telling their stories, right? And so racial equity and inclusion in the US is a very unique situation based on historical context. So there's a third of the book will be race based on racial equity and inclusion, achieving the positive stories around, here's what we know to be true and here's how we can move forward. And some beautiful stories that really activate, here's what we know to be true, here's also solutions, here's how we can move forward. The whole center midpoint of the book is around inclusion in general, right? Whether you're in the US, whether, wherever you are, whether it's uh, youth who, you know, the number one method of death for youth is suicide, often because they don't feel included. So we're going to make sure there's youth stories, mental health providers, whether you're um, in the gay, G, um, what is it, the gay, GLB, 
Thank you. Help me, somebody. Gay, lesbian. Okay. LGBTQ. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank Nate. See, Nate is my safety. Help me out. What are the letters? So whether you're, and I have family members that, that, you know, I'm an ally in that space. I don't consider myself an expert. So would I feel comfortable being someone who leans into that conversation? Yeah. Just because I, all I know is I want equal rights for all. I want inclusion for all, right? So this book is about inclusion for all, whether you're a man who's worked with women or a woman who's worked in the field of men or an introvert on a team of extroverts, like inclusion matters. Whether you're just someone who, you know, was bullied at school, we want to make sure that we have a conversation around inclusion. And then we're also, we know we have, I've done tons of research. So there's going to be a third of the book, maybe about actually maybe 15% or so that basically has the, the research, because the research is there. Like I don't need to put a whole lot in, in about the research, but I do want to make sure the concepts are being defined. So this is also based on positive psychology, because in order to really have conversations around racial equity and inclusion, it must be a positive conversation. No one wants to hear, you know, any negative energy because you can't grow when there's that that environment. So there's four principles that we're building this initiative on. Positive psychology, adaptive leadership, which is about creating a safe space for everyone to learn and grow. This concept of self-directed learning, which is really, we all have to want to move forward on our own, at our own pace based on where we are. And then the concept of growth mindset, which is really about learning and growing and, and knowing that it's in the doing and it doesn't matter if you're making a mistake, you're just going to do it again and make it better the next time, right? So that's really the four principles for this initiative. And so I have you on a couple that's in the UK, a black female who's in a, a, a sole relationship with a white male. And we talked about, you know, what does equity and inclusion mean to you? I asked you if you'd ever had an experience, and I love the story that you told. Um, I'm going to have Barry actually tell us the story. Mm -hmm. about equity and inclusion like have you what was that experience for you i asked if you if you have in, uh, any challenges achieving racial equity and inclusion in the uk yes yeah, so i grew up in london um i moved out when i was 12 so um in london um i went to school it was all mixed and that was all i knew <clears throat> and um it was only when I met Iona about three years ago that I'd ever experienced anything to do with uh, racial or anything. And, and that was when we went on a holiday to Malta, um, a little multi, little island in the Mediterranean. And um, we went to the capital city, uh, Valletta, and um, we was approached by a, a policeman. And um, Iona, we didn't know it at the time, but uh, the... You were wearing like a vest, weren't you? But you're not supposed to have your shoulders showing. So like, you know, have to wear a t-shirt or whatever. And but he 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 was quite rude. He wasn't he? Didn't, he wasn't very polite. He was quite blunt. Um, and then after that, and then and I didn't know at the time, but you said you know that was because he was black. And and I like I don't know. And then we went into a shop. Literally, after, straight after we went to a shop to look around. Um, and I I then did notice. The, the people in the shop, shopkeepers watching you, looking at you. Um, and and then we came out and, and you said, you said, didn't you? Like, yeah, I did see that. Um, and so I, because I, I, I'm, I'm half Maltese myself, so I felt quite embarrassed because, you know, it's half my, part of my country, like me. Um, and, and we walked a bit further on, there's a big square uh, in, in the middle of the letter. And, uh, and I wanted you to feel like, well, I wanted you to not, I wanted you to feel special. I didn't want you to feel all those feelings of being separated or because there was no, obviously there's no need for it. It's, 
So I, I picked you up, didn't I? And and held you tight and covered you and swung you around. And yeah, I just wanted you to know that, you know, to feel special and to not, not, not be made to feel a certain way for no reason. He picked me up and swung me yeah. around. I didn't, no words. There was just no words, I knew. Yeah. So that so so what I love about that is you told me the story and every time I hear it I'm just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> hold, hold please <laughs> give me a moment as I right because what that what that was is I mean this idea of igniting inclusion that's the name of the book and I'm writing it with JB Owen who has this entire ignite series again Sarah and I wrote in ignite happiness there's ignite inner spirit which we're writing in ignite possibilities and now we're writing a, a book called ignite inclusion right and it's going to be a little different um, but it really all about stories. And that's one of the stories that we got to tell because what he did is he saw something and he took action. He took courageous action in the moment. And how, how did that make you feel? Did that just yeah, I another level? I did. Because um, that was quite early on in our relationship. And it surprised me that he was not aware at first. And it surprised me that that was the experience that I had. So it, it was, I've had it before, but it was, it was really significant because you're on holiday and you're happy. And then when he picked me up and just literally just swung me around, like literally just swung me around and around. Like you'd celebrate, like you just won the lottery. Like this is my, and this is my woman. Yes. And, and no words were needed. And I, I did feel special. I, I did feel like it made me sad to know that he would have to do that. Do you know what it feel like he'd have to do that? Because then there's that divide and that awareness because we don't have that. And you've seen, you know, if you've seen the other segment, the first segment, we have a blended family. My, my children are mixed, do you know what I mean? And so it, 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 it is there, we are aware and it is what you do with it and <clears throat> that action that you do take, so. Yeah. That, that my, was... my, my biggest value is, is kindness and being yes. kind to each other and that obviously wasn't that kind. wasn't kind that wasn't nice so <laughs> yeah I just wanted to make you yeah. know yeah. that it wasn't right and and, and what I, I love about that Sarah's had some said some interesting things in the past about this equity and inclusion initiative especially being you know she's in New Zealand again not having the same experience that, that we have here in the US but what I love about this is awareness is critical every time we have a session and we actually have a session coming up on 1029 I'd love for you guys to come and actually tell that story if not we're going to play this little clip but I'd love for you guys to tell that story um maybe a little later in your day so maybe I'll play the video because <laughs> it's like now that I think about it, it's 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. That'll be really late for you. So we'll share this part of this clip because what I, what I love about it is this concept of awareness is so important because I think there are still people who aren't aware that there is some people have a different experience. And I think in the awareness, if you guys, you know, Brene Brown, right? right. When she yeah. talks yeah. about, so I, I play videos of Brene, Brene Brown when she talks about stories we own, we get to write the ending. And stories we don't own, own us. And so when I talk about racial equity and inclusion in business and systems, first of all, I have some expertise in how do you change systems, right? Lovingly, how do you change systems? And I'm focused on racial equity and inclusion in business, education, wealth, and health. And when I talk to Ms. Sarah, I know one of the things that, I, that we talked about is this concept of awareness and the importance of telling your story. So why, I mean, you, 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 you've written in uh, ignite, ignite books, which are compilation books, and now you're writing your own book. So what would you share about the importance of telling your story? Why is it so important that we tell our stories? 
Yeah, it is so important, Tracy. And I think to listen, to have compassion for where other people come from and to try and understand that. And I was just heard the other day, actually, about how children are born with that idea of inclusion. You know, you see children and they will play with anybody. It doesn't matter what they look like, where they're from. And then at some point, and I don't know what point it is, I think and that it must be our influence as adults, our biases, our opinions that then get implanted in the children. But so to me, really, the idea would be to encourage the children's point of view and for us to not inflict our biases upon them. And I know that traveling for me has been a great education in itself when we were out in Malaysia a long time ago and to me I'd only seen my opinion of, of Muslims and Islam was from the news and it wasn't a particularly positive one and then here I was you know get, chatting to getting great relationships with people and we had this whole you know like what is important to you what's important to me and I realized you know they were you know, it was the idea of God and the concept of love, and they wanted the same ideals in life. And I suddenly thought that this is what, you know, the hearing their stories and connecting made me realize that we are all so much more similar than we realize. And rather than looking for our differences, we need to listen to those stories so we can hear the connection and our similarities. You know, we might look different on the outside, but we've all got the same worries, the same stresses, the same goals, the same vision, you know, whatever is important to us. And so I think through stories, it allows us to connect and have compassion to others. <sighs> Once again, I get to kind of pause and take it all in because what I really love about that, Sarah, again, you're writing in Ignite Inclusion as well because you said that on other shows and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. It's that it's that type of, of storytelling and that, that perspective. So what part of what I'm doing with this Bigger Than Me success series is I'm interviewing all types of people right? I'm making sure that at least a third of the individuals that I interview are black though. Like I'm making sure of that because I want to make sure the perspective of black people who've been married for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, right? Who have loved their children just like, you know, others do. I think if you see some of the things that happen here, like, did you guys see George Floyd literally get extinguished on national television? Right? And, and, and all I can think is, you know, I, I don't have any exposure or experience with um, with the, 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 the judicial system. But what I do know is there must be some lack of humanity. Like we're not seen as human if that can happen. So one of the things I know I can do is I have all these amazing people in my circle and all these stories that are being told. It's like, how do we showcase exactly what you said, Sarah? How do we showcase the likeness? How do we showcase just these individuals who are loving, who love their spouses, who love their children, who want the same things and all the wonderful, beautiful things that we all have in common. That's really what we're elevating as a part of this loving the journey and living the dreams, right? All these, you know, there's, there's so many common truths that we all share. That's what, what this is about. It doesn't matter what color you are, or who you are. We all want to live our best life. We all want the best for our children and we all want the best for the world. Not ultimately we're, 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 you know, brothers and sisters of mother earth, my God, right? I'm a bit of a flower child, but that's my belief, right? So ultimately we have, again, 10 minutes now left in this particular show. And, and I did wanna, wanna get your thoughts on this idea of, again, equity 
and inclusion, this idea of, you know, moving toward and, and uh, creating a new perspective, expanding someone else's perspective. What it, what words would you share for someone who would say that that everyone has the same experience? Like like, is there anything that you two would share? And then I'll come around to you, Sarah, with a different question. But what would you two identify as um, if you had to talk to someone in, as a business leader who was like, well, we don't really need to worry about equity and inclusion because we're all treated the same, and we all are we all are the same. Is there anything that you would share regarding? why it's so important that we do this work focused on achieving equity and inclusion for all. And I'll start with you, Iona, and then Barry. Uh, thank you. So for me, it is important. It's important to have the conversation. It's important to just speak and connect. And I think that it's easy to brush things under the carpet. It's easy to ignore them. I'm not saying get like you said about the positive energy is not getting into it and just having it spiral down and not make a difference. Um, so when you're going to engage in the conversations and seeing, you know, being aware that you have a certain experience, your day by getting, by speaking to people, by asking questions, by connecting in all kind of traveling, like doing different things all around the world by expanding your experience and, and expanding your dreams, you're gonna come into contact with people who have different experience. So you can no longer say, oh, well, that's just the thing for everyone. Because if you feel like that's the thing for everyone, it means that you're limited in your view and your perspective of the people that you're engaging with. And in your local area, then we've got your national area, and then we've got global. So our dreams are touching global. So I would invite people to say, okay, if my dreams are about me and my family, it's like, okay, what's next? So yes, you have your dreams for you and your family, but you know, it is important to make that global impact. It's not just ourselves. I think that's one of the things. And for me, um, it's around the education and the, the next and the future generation, you know, it is our experience now, but if we do better now, we are leaving that legacy. So having that experience, living it now, but you, you, you can't brush it under the carpet. I love it. I love it. Barry, what are your thoughts about the importance of, of intentionally moving forward to achieve racial equity and inclusion for everyone? Why is that important? What would you say to someone? who didn't believe it was important. Um, well, I mean, it's like I said, you, you can't brush it under the carpet. Um, it is, it, it's obviously, you know, what happened to George Foreman. It, it's, Floyd. so sorry, George, George Floyd. <clears throat> um, it, it's not, and like you said, you want everyone to get along, you want the world to, to just be this fantastic place and it's it's obviously it, it's out there and um uh like you can't you can't avoid it you can't think that it's not not happening um so uh you need to i had to say it really um add your voice to the conversation i think yeah I, I, yeah i guess so um so what do you think because you're i mean you're a white man obviously are you do you consider yourself white you said you're from malta is that is that yeah white yeah okay so you're a white man in malta in the uk from the greek islands or somewhere some beautiful right so 
So it's a different like thought, right? Thought process. We've had we have had we've had allies on. I'm gonna ask you a question, Sarah, also about allies. Why is it so important that we activate allies? But you're basically an ally who's, you know, a, with with someone who is, you know, intimately connected with this conversation. But it's still like a no one's got this down to a science. So it's still uncomfortable, right? Like it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay not to have the answer, but it's 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 not okay not to lean in and be a part of the process. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. If like um, we had the conversation, obviously, when all this happened, we, we spoke about it, didn't we? And and I don't think, bef be, to be honest, before that, we hadn't really spoken that much about it, have we? Because it's never been an industry, it's never been a thing other than, you know, in Morton, whatever. Um, and it was it was actually quite nice, to actually, because we never spoken about it, it was quite nice to speak about it, actually, uh, and, and get each other's views. Um, and uh, oh, I thought I was going over that. I think um, I think it is just being having that awareness. It gave us a deeper, like global. I've experienced things, and Barry didn't know, like my childhood and stuff. Like I said, I I don't let that define who I am. So he didn't see me affect with that. Even the thing with Malta, I didn't let that take me down. I, I, that's that's you. Do you know what I mean? And I, I feel okay. like we've got to connect to that and stand up and speak out. And I loved that people were brave enough to do that for, for George Floyd and, and, and to- Around to the world. I mean, the marching and the, right. But at this point, my, my goal is yes, and, and I'm, I'm glad people continue to march. What we're saying is we got to make sure we're elevating, elevating the conversation. So not just creating courageous conversations, but absolutely creating a space where anyone, no matter what company you work for, you're able to have a courageous conversation. But then it's also, I trademarked this term called courageous activations. Like we need to also act in a different way, right? Because systems are designed to maintain the status quo. The status quo is what is unacceptable. Like we now have to think about a different way of ensuring that the metrics that exist, you know, change. And so we got two minutes left. I'm going to go to Sarah. And Sarah, my question to you is, you know, it's about allies. Like you, 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 you and I had this conversation. We were authors in a ha book called Happiness. You're a white woman in New Zealand. Don't have any black, you know, George Floyd type connections directly. But when I asked you about being an ally, you're like, I'm in. How can I help? What can I do? So my question to you is, why is it so important for you to lean in? And what would you say to other uh, majority individuals about why it's important for allies to lean in and to intentionally be a part of a solution, be a part of the solution? I think for me in particular, it comes back to, again, being the example for the next generation. You know, one day our children are going to grow up and they're going to be the leaders of tomorrow. And they're going to learn from us as examples, as parents of how to treat each other people. And we live in a global world. And so to me, they need to learn how to be kind and compassionate to other people, no matter where they're from, no matter what their background, to be great leaders of tomorrow. Um, and that is a big thing for me. Mm, I love that. Well, this is Tracy Harrell. The initiative, one of the initiatives that, that we're leading on the topic of racial equity and inclusion is called the Bigger Than Me Success Series, Achieving Racial Equity and Inclusion in Systems in business, education, wealth, and health. And you can reach out to me at itsallbiggerthanme.com, Tracy, T-R-A-C-I, at itsallbiggerthanme.com. And we are really moving this initiative forward. And, and the inclusion book will be done by February. So we have two October, November, December sessions. We're going to do editing in November, December, and January with the book coming out in February. So those of you who want to be involved, 
contact us now. We're being very intentional. We're about 75% done. I just want more voices, more connection, and I'm just super excited. So I just wanted to end with the one word of intentionality in like two seconds. Sarah, about being inten intentional. I'll let you, you give our last word. Intentional, Be make that choice to be kind, to be kind to yourself and to be kind to others. I love it. This is Tracy Harrell. It's bigger than me, baby. This, thank you.